Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. Hey everybody, welcome to Hey Bartender Podcast. Before we get started, I just want to talk to you about www.smoothmyballs.com. Say you're the type of person that likes to keep things all neat and tidy down there. Or, you know, you get complaints that the, you're tickling noses, or the smell, or all sorts of various different things. Go to smoothmyballs.com now and pick yourself up the Turf Chopper 3.0. It can help you from getting nicked down there. It's very reliable. It's got a built-in battery, or you can uh, use the USB cable. The battery lasts for about eight hours. Uh, It's also water-resistant. But remember, for a limited time only, if you go to www.smoothmyballs.com slash heybartenderpodcast, when you use checkout code Hey Bartender Podcast, you will get 15% off your entire order. That's right. Get yourself clean, tidy with no nicks with the turf chopper from smoothmyballs.com. Remember to use the checkout code Hey Bartender Podcast at checkout. Get 15% off. Now, now that I've said that, Laura Hope and the Arctones, would you please help me get started? Hey bartender, pass me a drink. The reason that I'm here, Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. This is a podcast that is dedicated to and for the people of the service industry. That's right, you people that are bartenders, servers, waitresses, hosts, bussers, dishwashers, cooks. Managers, this is for you guys. I want to get on here, share some stories, and get to know some of you people. So if you want to uh, be a part of Hey Bartender Podcast, just email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. I made this whole uh, podcast just for you people. What the hell? It's better than a good kick in the face. What do you think? This is the Wednesday Quick Shot episode. That's right. We're just going to have one drink and we're out of here. At least that's what we always start off saying. You know what? I decided instead of doing just a quick, you know, shot glass type of shot, uh, there's a liquor company that has been very supportive on Instagram for me. And I decided to use one of their drinks that I found on their website. The liquor is called Rock Sound Rum. And uh, right now they're really uh, big. They're selling big on their coconut rum. So just to get you guys a good idea of something, if you've looked at Rock Sound Rum at your local liquor store or have seen it online and you're a little bit curious about it, let's let's give you a mixed drink to help you out here. Uh, the Rock Sound Pina Colada. This is the drink that we're doing today. Holy crap, they made this for to make four. Well, I'm not going to do the division for because there's fractions in this. So, uh, you know, listen to what I got to say, and you guys can do the math on your own. Maybe you can use Siri to help you or something like that. But to make the Rock Sound Pina Colada, all the ingredients, 
and the directions I'm going to give you makes four cocktails. So the ingredients go as follows. Eight ounce of Rock Sound Original Light Rum, two ounces of Rock Sound Smoked Coconut Rum, one half fresh pineapple peeled and cut into one and a half inch pieces, six ounces of sweetened cream of coconut, they like to call it Coco Lopez, two ounces of unsweetened coconut milk, two teaspoons of fresh lime juice. Now for garnishes, you're going to need maraschino cherries, orange wedges, and pineapple fronds. The directions go as follows. First, add all your pineapple pieces to a resealable plastic bag, laying them flat. Freeze until solid. Takes about three hours. Number two, shake cream of coconut and coconut milk in cans before measuring. Three, puree pineapple, cream of coconut, coconut milk, original light rum, lime juice, and three cups of ice in a blender until smooth. Okay, sorry people, it is a blended drink, but we're talking about a pina colada here. Four, place the blender cup in the freezer for about 30 minutes until mixture is thickened to the consistency of a milkshake. Five, blend mixture again until the consistency of a perfect frozen drink. Six, divide into glasses and top off with one half ounce smoked coconut rum. And finally, garnish with cherries, orange wedge, and pineapple fronds. That is courtesy of Rock Sound Rum. Like I said, they've been very supportive and active on my Instagram account, and I just wanted to pay them a little bit of homage right now. Go out, give it a try. And by the way, let me know what you think of these this stuff that I tell you about. Uh, if they go over well in your bar, if they don't go over well, or maybe if they were fun at a house party, I, just let me know uh, if you can remember after, you know, whatever whenever you drink it. But the most important thing about telling you about, about these drinks, I have to tell you, I know I don't say this often enough, but remember to drink responsibly. And But since we're bartenders and servers, drinking responsibly pretty much goes down to what happens before bed after our shift. But remind your customers too, because you want your customers to go home safe and be able to come back the next day. Because, you know, you have to admit it, we get attached to a few of them, don't we? But some of them we don't really get too attached to, really. Some of them we wish they would leave, mostly because most most of us bartenders and servers, since we deal with the public so much, we learn traits. We learned, uh, you know, how people act, and we recognize these traits and stuff in other people, not just the people original people that we were talking to. Now, this came into my head just recently because. Like I said, I was a bartender for a long time. I listened to a lot of people talk. I listened to a lot of people tell stories. And after a while, I start to think, oh, he's full of shit. Everything this guy is saying is a complete lie uh, or person. But in this case, that this first story that I'm going to tell you about, it's complete. Uh, this guy was complete bullshit and I fell for it. Now. The story, the first story I'm going to tell you about this guy, he came in to my friend's bar and he happened to have something hanging around his neck. Now I was busy playing golden tea with another buddy and I was just in there to visit her on her shift, but she, she noticed this guy, uh, wearing something around his neck and decided to take a look. And on this thing around his neck, it was one of the small placard type of things. It said Pearl jam backstage pass. So she asks him about it, and she, so what's with that? And he, he goes, oh, sorry, puts it away in his shirt. 
And she goes, no, really, what's that all about? And he goes, well, I'm part of the team that puts together the stage for Pearl Jam. And, uh, yeah, I, I go around and, you know, meet people and, you know, invite people to come backstage. And she's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And then she calls me over. And uh, I start talking to the guy because I wasn't sure, you know, because uh, Pearl Jam was going to be playing that week in Portland where I used to live. And, but I thought, what's what the hell is he doing 20 miles south of the what used to be called the Rose Garden? But he started telling us about all this stuff. I guess he started telling us uh, stories about how the people that he got to meet while on tour with Pearl Jam. He told us about that he got to meet Gwen Stefani. Now, this was back when she was still with No Doubt the first time. And uh, he started telling us about other other things. And... So I started to ask him a few questions because there, there was something going off in my head, but I didn't really know what was going on. The guy uh, started talking about uh, what the backstage pass gets you because I started asking questions because, okay, yeah, you get a backstage pass, but wha- what at all does that entitle? And he goes, well, that means you can go anywhere backstage you want. And I said, so if I wanted to go back, uh, go behind the stage and watch, uh, the drummer do his thing. I can do that. And he says, absolutely. If I wanted, and then I started asking if I wanted to go to the soundboard and watch people do live sound, I can do that. And he goes, this pass, it's all access. You can do whatever you want. This pass will get you into the, uh, into the venue that this pass will get you backstage. You can meet the band. You can do whatever you want. And I had reservations but I decided ultimately to believe the guy. It, that was my own fault, and I'll tell you why. Uh, me, my friend who's working behind the bar, her brother, and uh, we all decided, yeah, let, you know, this guy was selling us backstage passes to go see Pearl Jam uh, for $75, $75 a pop, so we bought four of them. And I sat back and I kind of wondered about it. And I was just, are we sure we should be doing this? And, but ultimately I was uh, sitting there thinking, well, you know, get to go backstage at a live show. Truthfully, at that point in time, I wasn't that big of a fan of Pearl Jam because I was sick of their whole anti-fame thing. I mean, they get to be famous, travel all around the world. People ask for their autographs, get to see things that nobody ever gets to see, do things nobody, not everybody gets to do. Not drink champagne on a uh, on their own airplane. I wouldn't w- wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, Pearl Jam was so anti-fame. I think that's the reason why I ended up being a big fan of Oasis because they were basically the antithesis of that. But I digress. So we bought the bought these so-called backstage passes from this guy. He welcomed us to the Pearl Jam tour, and then he asked for a ride. Uh, uh, a ride back to wherever he needed to go. And so my friend's brother said, sure, I'll drive you. And he drove him to a truck stop nearby. And he says, which truck is yours? Oh, just drop me off here. I'll walk the rest of the way. And he's, are you sure? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's totally cool. So he gets out of the car and just starts wandering off. The next day I get a call on my cell phone from uh, my friend's, well, well, Shannon, you guys uh, have heard her heard about her a couple times on this show. Uh, she's been on it a few times. She and I, uh, 
were going to go, the Pearl Jam was going to be there for two days. We were going to go on day two, but her brother was going to go on the, the first day. All of a sudden, halfway through my shift, I get a call from her brother that says, guess where I am? And I said, please say something good. He goes, I'm outside the Rose Garden. And they uh, said, I'm sorry, these are fake and took them away. And I went, God damn it. And so we basically got screwed out of 250 bucks from a guy that basically wanted a few, uh, wanted a few drinks and make some money behind the bar. You know, not everybody that walks into our bar are saints people. We got to uh, keep that in mind all the time. So I went home that night and I uh, got on the internet and I started looking up what the backstage passes for that current tour looked like. And Boy, I felt like an idiot. I should have spotted that a mile away and helped my help Shannon and her, and her brother save some money. Uh, I was willing to sit back and accept, yeah, that guy got me, but I felt bad for them because, of course, they weren't backstage passes. They didn't have a hologram on them. They, there was nothing that made them special. They were just pieces of plastic that just said Pearl Jam World Tour 2000, whatever year it was, and... Uh, backstage pass there was nothing on there to keep people from counterfeiting it and i was like duh fucking duh i should have i should have seen that coming but it made me a little uh, apprehensive from there on out from you know buying anything from any of my customers especially customers i don't know but the people that are completely full of shit you can you start to see some of the traits that start to come out now, for you bartenders and servers, here's a couple of the things that I've learned recently about people that are just completely full of shit. First of all, you don't have to worry too much because people that are completely full of shit, they don't last very long in your bar or restaurant because they'll go in and all of a sudden one day realize I can't, uh, you know, I can't continue with these stories. I got to go somewhere else. They, they, they only tell their stories until they run out and then they're gone phrases that they use the first phrase that seems to come up uh all the time that always raises a red flag for me is if they overuse the phrase i'll never forget when you can uh somebody or you can walk up next to this guy and they can uh you can say anything on this planet you could say you know what i just uh got new tires on my harley Oh, I'll never forget when I used to ride a Harley. I rode all the way. And then, then comes the big story. I rode all the way from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean, and I did it in a week. It felt so awesome. Now, I'm not saying it's not possible or people don't ride their motorcycles from coast to coast. But uh, sometimes the stories uh, are just a way to grab attention. Oh, I never, I'll never forget. They interrupt and just jump in story right away. The phrase I'll never forget is a way to, uh, to jump in the conversation and get everybody's attention on them immediately. But the next phrase that they use is if they realize I have nothing to back this up, they say, I've got a buddy that if they overuse of that phrase, I've got a buddy that that's another big uh, red flag. That, say, uh, that says that they're full of shit. Picture this. You got two computer technicians that just got off work from whatever uh, high-end technology company that they work for. They're sitting at the bar. They're talking about what they just did that day. Now, they just 
these two guys just figured out uh, a way to cool their computers so that they uh, run run they can overclock it safely without the computer bursting into flames. Some of you people that work on computers probably know what I'm talking about. So all of a sudden, that guy will say, I've got a buddy that, uh, and then he'll start going off on some obnoxious story. Like when he was in college, him and his buddy, or he'll never forget that him and his buddy, something like that, they, you know, they slowly dripped liquid nitrogen on the processor of their computer and it only lasted a few minutes, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, they just come up with the most unreasonable stories. I mean, being a college student and looking at the guy, uh, I don't, you know, not to be uh, mean or anything, but the guy that uh, usually says thing outlandish stories like that, they don't look like they went to college. And, but they'd, but the two computer guys that would turn and listen to him just because they think, oh, he's talking about computers. He might have something interesting for me uh, to say. But immediately I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, this guy is full of shit. Of course, those two computer guys knew he was full of shit too because uh, that they knew that was not possible. Next person is the person that seems to be an expert on every damn thing. Now, uh, being an expert on every damn thing usually means that the guy is after, uh, you know, a date. They want they want to get to know somebody, and the only way that they can get to know somebody is to immediately have something in common with them. And you'll spot that because whatever the other person is saying, they'll immediately agree with. They'll try to add on to the story as much as they can. Never ask questions, but not a lot. Laugh. And, uh, basically, uh, you know, just take them, uh, take them on a joyride or even use stuff acting like they're an expert, uh, use stuff that they've heard from other people. Now, this is a story when I was an asshole, when I did, well, still am, but, uh, when this guy who acted like that, he was an expert on every damn thing on the face of the planet, he, uh, I noticed no, when he came into my bar, I noticed that all of a sudden this girl, pretty girl, walked in and she had a Metallica shirt on. And then uh, after a while, he starts asking me questions about Metallica because I'm a big fan of Metallica. Uh, and I know quite a bit about Metallica, not everything, but I know quite a bit. But he starts asking me these really random questions about Metallica and, you know, dating back to the really early days. And so immediately I knew what he was up to because I'd seen him do it about a dozen times uh, is the, he started, uh, he started asking questions. Okay. When did Dave Mustaine join the group? Well, he joined the group, you know, uh, he was their first lead guitar player that they found. Uh, and uh, he goes, why did he leave the group? And I thought, I know what he's about to do. So I decided to tell him, Oh, he left the band to start Megadeth just because uh, uh, he thought he was better than what Metallica ever was or could be. And I and I just kept throwing out all these stories. Now, no offense to anybody who's a big fan of Megadeth over Metallica. I like Megadeth, too. But pretty much every fact, supposedly, that I gave him from there on out uh, was complete bullshit. And uh, because I knew what he was up to, so I decided to make his life hell. That just because I was bored. So 
he all of a sudden just decides, okay, now's my shot. He goes over, talks to the girl, uh, you know, says, hey, I like your shirt. Okay, good introduction. And, and, and then they start talking about Metallica, and he uh, he's, he says, you know, I think Dave Mustaine was right for leaving the band and starting Megadeth because, uh, because all the facts that I told him. And luckily, the girl had friends there who knew more about Metallica than I do and were immediately like, uh, he didn't leave to start Megadeth. He got kicked out, then started Megadeth when they got to, and then they started saying all the right fat, uh, the right facts. When they got to Megaforce records in New York, they, uh, decided that they didn't like Dave Mustaine because of his drug abuse, his alcohol abuse. He was a jerk to everybody. And they, they went to, they went told every single story correctly down to, to almost shoe size encyclopedic knowledge of Metallica. And this is during the load reload era. Then he started feeling stupid. And then he said, well, uh, uh, somebody told me, uh, and then he started falling all over his feet. And all I could do is stand back and laugh because, uh, you know, I just saw an opportunity to, uh, make that guy look like a complete moron because, he would always walk over to anybody's conversation and pretty much try to act like he's an expert on all things, especially whatever you're talking about. When in fact, in actuality, the guy couldn't hold a job to save his life. When you're an expert on everything or on anything at all, and you can't hold a job for longer than six months, and you always have that same stupid excuse. Well, the manager had it in for me, or I wasn't really uh, happy there. I worked more than everybody else, and they treated me like shit. They have the same damn excuses every time why they got fired. And uh, that's another big red flag that the guy's full of shit. Or girl. You know, it could go, it could go either way. Being full of shit is very non-binary. But sometimes those guys that come up and then they try to add to the conversation or uh, jump in and act like they know something about it or just to random people, they're looking for a free drink. You know, this guy, they're waiting for the person to say, hey, sit down. Uh, you know, hey, bartender, could you uh, give this guy a drink? Put it on my tap. They're basically circling like vultures, waiting for somebody who will give them a free drink. And it pissed me off to no end. There was one night where one guy who was famous for being completely full of shit, nobody knew it at that point. So technically at that point, he wasn't famous, but he's famous now. He comes up to me and he says, I am so drunk right now and I haven't bought one drink. Everybody keeps buying me drinks, man. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, leave me alone, please. Now the final story that I'm going to tell you guys about. Now, this is very difficult to spot. And when you try to uh, figure out the guy is full of shit, it can immediately backfire on you, and then you look like that you're, you're a jerk. But sometimes it helps. Now, this story goes. The, this, actually, this story, I was actually a customer at the particular bar I was at. This guy was looking for attention from everybody. I already sitting there. I'm already uh, eating my meal, watch, kind of watching TV. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy come up to the bar, sit down, and go. <sighs> 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 
And the bartender comes over and says, what can I get you? And he's, I'll have a beer. And he comes in completely maudlin, just, you know, picture of a guy down on his luck. And I immediately started paying attention just because when he's visibly breathing, exhaling that loud in a crowded bar with loud music and loud TVs, he's looking for attention. And okay, people, I was in a Hooters. Uh, I have no shame in saying that. Any women out there that listen to this podcast, I was hungry. That was a restaurant nearby. And yeah, nobody goes to Hooters for wings, but I was actually hungry. Honestly, you know, hand on the bartender's guide. So the bartender, after a little while, you know, started noticing that he was just kind of sitting there and she goes, what's wrong with you? And he goes, well, I, uh, you know, just uh, got out of the Marine Corps and, you know, my wife divorced me. We were having a lot of trouble at the time, but, you know, uh, the Marine Corps was really important to me. She couldn't, uh, she couldn't handle it. And, uh, you know, I started thinking, well, the guy could, could have been a Marine. I mean, it's completely possible. And, uh, so I, uh, you know, kept listening into the conversation and he's, oh, I, uh, I uh, worked in uh, he worked he worked at like an airport or something like that. Did all he was uh, electrical engineer, and he uh, had all these story uh, stories that basically had uh, had to do with being an electrician. And part of me was like, some things don't add up. Now I know very little about the Marine Corps. I was never Marine. I never served in the Armed Forces. Period. I, but I do know a few things, and some of his stories didn't add up. At one point, uh, he told the guy sitting next to him that he never went overseas. And I, I'd i heard, I could be wrong, that that's usually your first tour of duty is overseas. But he said he never left, uh, he never left the United States. However, when he talked to another person a few minutes later, uh, he mentioned that he was part of desert storm and I was like, okay, this guy looks like he's possibly old enough to be a part of desert storm, but desert storm, you know, no, yeah, it's just not adding up. So the bartenders, you know, getting interest in him, people are, you know, uh, patting him on the back and saying, thank you for your service. And he, he's, you know, and people start buying him drinks. Now, I the most I know about the Marine Corps is stuff I've learned from movies and television. That's pretty much it. And uh, I didn't expect him to start giving the uh, I, iconic speech that Jack Nicholson gives in a few good a uh, few good men. But uh, I learned a couple things from uh, TV shows like NCIS. Not to mention some other Marines that I had met. Uh, in my life because there was one time where there was an episode of NCIS that I watched where they mentioned the Marines birthday. And so I asked a guy who said that he was a Marine. And I said, you know, I was watching NCIS a while back and they mentioned the Marines birthday. And my dad had told me about, he was uh, in the Indian Indian casino and all of these Marines were uh, standing around wishing each other happy birthday. And at first my dad was like, Wait, how come they're all wishing each other a happy birthday? Oh, I know what's going on. 
And so I asked a guy that uh, uh, was a Marine. He could prove it. He showed me pictures and stuff like that. I said, when is the Marine's birthday? And he uh, immediately almost stood to attention, said November 10th, uh, whatever year it was. And, uh, you know, he gave me the full history of the Marines in like three minutes. And all I asked was just, I wanted a date that or wanted the month and day of when it was. And so that being, that being said, I'm watching the bartender get more and more interested in this guy. And she comes over to me and asks me if I want to refill on my Coke. I was driving. I wasn't, I wasn't going to drink because I drove like two hours to go to go to a guitar store just to be disappointed that they didn't have what I wanted. But this woman walked, the woman walks over to me and says, can I refill your Coke? And I said, Hey, uh, bartender to bartender. Um, something doesn't seem right about that guy. And he's, uh, you know, and, you know, just ask him, ask him something. When is the Marine's birthday? And uh, she's like, uh, she actually, she actually knew the answer. And I said, I bet you, uh, I bet you 20 bucks. He doesn't know. And she said, let's find out. And so she went over there and came up with the same story. And she goes, Hey, when is the Marine's birthday? And he said, Oh gosh, I don't know. I think it's in like September or October. Now this guy's saying that, uh, him saying that he's not sure is according to all the Marines I've ever met in my life, impossible that he does not know that or just happened to slip his mind. I mean, the guy came in, he looked like that. He was seriously depressed, uh, was a Marine and had a sob story about being divorced. Now, all of that could have been true, but just the way he was talking, nothing added up to me. So she walks over, asks him his birthday. He can't remember. So like September, October, something like that way off. And she got mad. And, uh, so she comes over to me and she goes, Yep, I owe you. Uh, I'll buy. I'll pay for your tab because he is not a marine. And I said, No, 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 no. I'll pay. I'll pay the tab. That was a metaphorical twenty bucks. I wasn't going to take money from that girl. But she, I could see the flames bursting in her eyes because she had already invested herself in his story, uh, and she, uh, and just to find out that the guy is completely full of shit. Funny thing about it, though, the postscript to that story was uh, I was about to leave anyway, uh, and I paid off my tab and gave uh, gave her a tip, and she said uh, she said thanks, and she says if you want to stick around, I've got some uh, friends who are going to come over here and that are Marines, and I said as much as I would love to see that, I don't want to see that because uh, I've heard horror stories about people that pretend to be in the armed services just to get free drinks or to get girls or something like that. Cause I was pretty sure it was going to start a fight and that guy was going to get his ass beat out in the parking lot. And then they were going to have to call the cops and then, you know, it was going to be a huge mess, but sometimes we don't have that uh, much time to invest into listening to people's stories. And we don't want to be completely judgmental about their story or stand there wondering if they're full of shit, but they're, you know, just, the two key phrases that I basically told you, 
uh, I'll never forget when, or I've got a buddy that the, those two key phrases are my tips to you guys that somebody is completely and utterly, totally full of shit. Of course, now that I've said that, some of you people are going to be second guessing some of the stuff that you say while you're working. And, but, uh, Usually, uh, that based on the experience of this particular bartender, the dude, that's what I've noticed. All right, people, now that I've discussed about people being full of shit, something I'm not full of shit about, it is last call, last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar, say hi to me one more time, get your last drink before you go. A couple quick reminders before I go. I just want to remind you guys, go to www.smoothmyballs.com slash Podcast. Check out the stuff they got on there. Just remember to use checkout code Hey Bartender Podcast and get 15% off your entire order at smoothmyballs.com slash Hey Bartender Podcast. Remember to follow Hey Bartender Podcast on all the social medias. Get on Facebook, Hey Bartender Podcast, Instagram at Hey Bartender Podcast, TikTok at Hey Bartender Podcast. Follow me and you'll be able to find out when the new episodes are coming out, the occasional goofy memes and future episodes that might be coming up. You never know. So follow us on social media. Remember to share, like, and subscribe to this podcast. Get on to Apple Podcasts. Give me a review. Uh, give me a five-star review. That would be totally cool. If if you're into that sort of thing, if you don't feel it deserve five-star, please let me have five stars. <laughs> okay. I also want to remind you guys to visit www.heybartenderpodcast.com. There you can catch the newest episodes. You can uh, check out some of the Hey Bartender podcast merchandise I got selling there. Buy a t-shirt, support a podcast. That's what I say. You know how I know I said that? It's because I was there when I said it. Anyway, so as usual, everyone, thank you so much for listening to Hey Bartender podcast. And just remember, Hey Bartender podcast always needs to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last go? I just got here.